The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Lord, David found strength, and he found encouragement. During that time when he was feeling down, then like Jonah, some folks actually think they can flee the presence of the Lord. In Jonah chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, Jonah, rise up, go to Nineveh, and preach against that great city, for their sins have come up before me. And Jonah sought to flee from the presence of the Lord. So instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah decided to go to Tarshish. And when he went to Tarshish, he found a boat. He found a boat, the Bible says. He paid the fare. That was in Joppa, by the way. He wanted to go to Tarshish. So he, he went down to Joppa, found a ship. He paid the fare, went down into the ship. And he went with them to Tarshish to flee from the presence of the Lord. But Jonah found out that even the Lord is out on the seas. He is out on the ocean. Wherever you are, God is. Glory to God. And for those who are spiritually enlightened, and that would be you, beloved, that would be me. The presence of the Lord should cause us, us to have fullness of joy. No matter what you're feeling or going through, when you have a consciousness that God is right there, it ought to bring fullness of joy. But here we're told in the Psalms, the promise is no matter what happens to you, I will not leave your soul in hell. I will not. See, in the Old Testament, believers and unbelievers, when they died, their soul went to Sheol. Which, which was the, the, the region of the dead. It was the netherworld. So everybody went to the same place. And it wouldn't be until Jesus would come along when he would l deliver those captives who'd been held captive from captivity and take them on to heaven. So God says, I'm not going to leave you there. Your body won't suffer corruption. I'll be there with you. I will show you the path of life, that path from death to life. Because in my presence is fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So the path of life, again, beloved, the path of life is the path from death to life. Paul told the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, hath he quickened us together with Christ, and he has raised us together, and he has made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what was Paul saying? He says, first of all, when you were living in darkness, when you were living in sin, when you were living with a vow life, it was God who came alone 
and he quickened you with Christ. What are you saying, Paul? When Jesus died on the cross, in the mind of God, you were there on the cross. When Jesus was buried, in the mind of God, you were there in the tomb. When Jesus rose from the dead, in the mind of God, it was you who got up from your sins. When Jesus ascended back to heaven, in the mind of God, it was you who was raised up to sit with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul says, not only were you quickened with Christ, for by grace you've been saved. Don't ever think you're going to curry favor with God because of the works of your righteousness. So we're not saved by the works of our righteousness, which we have done. Titus 3, 5 tells us that. But we are saved by the washing, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's how we're saved. We're saved according to his mercy. We're saved according to his grace by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. And then he quickens us. He quickened us with Christ. He raised us up together with Christ. See, he's placing us on the path of death to life. So he quickens us, and then he raised us up with Christ. We are ascended with Christ, and then we are made. To, the, the Ephesians says he make us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's my identification. That's your identification as a believer. We died on the cross with Jesus. We were buried in the tomb with Jesus. We rose again with Jesus, and we ascended back to heaven with Jesus. Glory to God. So the path of life is paved with God's love. It's paved with God's mercy and grace. It's paved with forgiveness. It's paved with reconciliation to the Father. Glory to God. You're no longer dead in your sins and your trespasses, but you are alive in Christ, sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our legal position. Now, because of our legal position in Christ, we are potentially in heaven right here, right now, and experientially, we're living in the presence of God right here, right now. So you don't have to say, I'm going to heaven when I die. Beloved, you're living in heaven potentially right now. And experientially, you're living in the presence of God. Some folks, that's what they live for. They want to live so when they die, they go to heaven. That's because they don't have a revelation that you don't need to go to heaven. Heaven comes to you. And the day you accepted Christ, heaven came to you. And now that we live in that heavenly presence of God, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Glory to God. Psalms 140.13 tells us, it says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. And the upright shall dwell in your presence. That's you. You are the upright of God. You live in the presence of the Lord. And this is why we get discouraged. This is why we get distracted. This is why we get down on ourselves. 
because we forget that we are the upright of God and we dwell in his presence. We're living in his presence right now. You don't have to shake and quake to get into the presence of the Lord. You don't have to do spiritual calisthenics calisthenics to get in the presence of the Lord. You're in the presence of the Lord right here, right now. Glory to God. Then God says in his presence. That's what David said. In your presence. In your presence. God's presence is omnipresent. Let me say it again. God's presence is omnipresence. What is omnipresence? It means God is everywhere at the same time. There's no place God isn't. And if you're somewhere that God isn't, then that makes you God. It makes you God. God is here. God is there. God is everywhere. Let me say it again. God is here. God is there. God is everywhere. God's presence is omnipresence. Now, listen to me. Proverbs tell us that the eyes of the Lord, Proverbs 15, 3, that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. How could the eyes of the Lord be in every place? You cannot hide from God. You cannot keep something secret from God. The eyes of the Lord is in every place beholding the evil and the good. So no matter what you do, no matter where you go, the eyes of the Lord are upon you because you're living in the presence of the Lord. So the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. David said in Psalms 139, verse 7 and 8, he, he raised this rhetorical questions. He says, where? Shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. He said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. There's no place you can go from God's spirit. No place you can flee from God's presence. Even if you died and went to heaven, God says, I'm here. Even if you're dying with the hell, God says, behold, I'm there in hell. Glory to God. Glory to God. So if God is omnipresent, since God is omnipresent, then omnipresent has to be our inheritance. Let me break this down for you. If God is omnipresent, then omnipresence has to be our inheritance. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. What is that light, beloved? That light is the omnipresence of the Lord. Remember what Jesus said to the woman taken in the very act of adultery. He said to that woman, I am the light of the world. In other words, wherever... There is light. I am there. I am the light of the world. Though a man walks in darkness, if he follows me, he shall have the light of life. This is what he told the woman who lived, who was caught in the very act of adultery. 
So essentially, he was saying to the woman, you know, your real problem wasn't adultery. Your real problem was you did not understand that you lived in my presence. I am the light of the world. And you only walked in darkness because you didn't have consciousness of my light, which is my presence. Then what about the blind man, the man born blind in John chapter 9? Jesus said to the disciples, the disciples asked Jesus, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents? Jesus said, neither. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, that's what he said. I am the light of the world. And as long as Jesus is the light of the world, we live in the presence of the Lord. That omnipresence is our inheritance. Glory to God. Glory to God. So God is everywhere. God is everywhere. So wherever heaven is, God is there. Wherever you are, God is there. So everywhere God is, heaven is also there in our hearts. Heaven is also there in our hearts. So you're experiencing heaven listening to this worship service right now. Listen to this message. You're experiencing heaven. Wherever God is, then you can have heaven right there in your heart. Glory to God. So because God is omnipresent and omnipresent is light, and he also said in his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, I believe, he said, to his disciples, you are the light of the world. If God is omnipresent and God is light, then what does that make us? That makes us, if we're the light, it makes us also part of God's omnipresence, and that's our inheritance. That's our inheritance. So heaven is here now. And if heaven is here now, then the only thing we should be feeling is fullness of joy. John 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, up to now, you have asked me nothing. You've asked nothing in my name. But ask, and you shall receive, that your joy might be full. And that's fullness of joy. That's fullness of joy. And I like that last verse in Jude. Verse 24 of Jude. Now to him. Glory to God. Now to him who's able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence. There it is. To present you faultless in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. What is Jude saying? Jude is saying that God is able to make us stand. In the presence of his glory, he's able to make us stand. You don't have to give up. You don't have to quit. You don't have to be discouraged. God is able to make you stand in the presence of his glory. And this is why we can say now to him who is able to keep us from falling. And the one who's able to present us faultless in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know, some people say one day, one day I'm going to stand in the presence of his glory. One day, 
One day, we need to get delivered from one day. And we need to receive right now. Get delivered from one day. A lot of people say that one day, I'm going to stand in the presence of his glory. This is not what the scripture teaches us. The scripture doesn't teach us that our hope should be that one day we will stand in the presence of the Lord. When you look at Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, the hearts of the children of Israel had melted after God had sent out, after Moses had sent out 12 spies to spout the land. And the 12 spies returned in Numbers chapter 13 and 10 of them gave an evil report, a report of doubt, fear, and unbelief. And only two of them gave a good report. But because of the 10, the people's heart had melted and they were afraid to act on the vision of God, to go forth into their inheritance. So God decided, in fact, they were so up, they were so downcast, so disheartened, they wanted to stone Moses and Aaron. And God says, I've had enough. I've had enough. God was really ready to kill off that generation of the Israelites, all except Caleb and Joshua. He was ready to kill them off. But Moses stood between God and the people. And Moses began to reason with God, what will the heathen nation say? You brought us out here in the wilderness and you wasn't able to take us into the land. Lord, what will they say? What will they say? You were not able to do it. God said to Moses in Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, he says, as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what they do. You are still in my presence. And when you're in my presence, all things are possible. Then Jesus, at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus stood before that tomb and he said to them, take away the stone. Take away the stone from the, the mouth of the cave. And Martha, Lazarus' sister, said to Jesus, Oh, Lord, his body by, by now it stinks. He's been dead four days. Jesus said to Martha, Martha, did I not say unto you that if you believe, you will live to see the glory of the Lord? Martha wasn't living in God's presence at that time. That's why she didn't have any joy. She was still living in doubt, unbelief. And Jesus had to remind her that if you believe, you will see the glory of the Lord. So why do we think that one day we're going to stand in his presence? If one day you're going to stand in his presence, whose presence are you standing in now? And this is where we get confused. We don't need music to be in the presence of the Lord. We don't need all the other trappings that we lean and depend on to be in the presence of the Lord. You're in the presence of the Lord always and all times. The problem is we don't have the mindset, the consciousness that we're living in the presence of the Lord.
So when you're in the presence of the Lord, you'll find yourself talking to the Lord. Huh? Not just when you're down on your knees, but you'll find yourself talking to the Lord, asking the Lord questions, expressing your doubts and your concerns to the Lord. You'll find yourself doing that because you know he is present. We must live in his presence. And if we live in his presence, there will always be fullness of joy. Jesus said to his disciples in closing in John chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus says, these things have I said unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. That's the fullness of joy that David spoke of about being in his presence. So in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy, that which is pleasant, that which is delightful, that which is sweet. We'll find that in his presence. Every answered prayer and every manifestation of God, every manifestation of God's glory is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. The promise is, beloved, I will not leave your soul in hell. Neither will I allow your body to see corruptions. For I will show you the path of life, that path from death to life. In my presence, there's fullness of joy. And at my right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And I'll talk more about the right hand and some of the other things in the days to come. But I believe God wants us to live with a consciousness of his presence it will revolutionize our walks with God. It will change the way we think. It will change and elevate our levels of faith to know that God is here. God is here with me. No matter what you're doing, whether you're standing before the mirror, God is there. Whether you're in the shower, God is there. Riding in your car, God is there. When you think you're alone, God is there. And when you're cognizant, of the fact that God is there, it will change the way you live. There's some things we did when mom and daddy wasn't looking. But when you live with a consciousness that our heavenly father is always looking and the eyes of the Lord, come on, is in every place beholding the evil and the good, it will change the way you live because we're living in his presence and in his presence, there's fullness of joy. There are pleasures forevermore. Glory to God. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Father, we will not fear. We will luxuriate in your presence. We will not feel anxiety. In the face of trouble, we will remember that we're still in your presence. And even when our enemy comes against us, and even when they speak false things against us and they call us everything but a child of God, we will find strength and encouragement in your presence. And God, no matter how great challenges may be that, that set before us, we will not be reluctant to step out on your word. You will bring us comfort. You will strengthen us and encourage us because in your presence, 
You'll always stand before us. And you'll allow no one else to stand before us all the days of our life. In every place that the sole of our feet shall tread upon. That you've given us. We will be bold. We will be strong. And we thank you for giving us all the land promised and purpose for us. Teach us, Father God, that we're on a path. We're on a path. We've come from life and we're on a path. We come from death and now we're on a path to life. A path of your love, your mercy, and your grace. A path of forgiveness and reconciliation, restoration. We're living in your presence. And in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So, Father, thank you for every answer prayer, every manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Thank you for confirming your word with signs following. Every one of your manifestations is a manifestation of your presence. Thank you for your presence, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the joy it brings, fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and the glory for the promise you'll never leave us nor forsake us even until the end of the world. You're with us and we thank you for that. So there it is, beloved. Give God the praise, give him the glory. Always remember that God is there. You're living in his presence. And when you live in his presence, you'll know that God is in control. You'll know it's not about you. It's all about God because you're living in his presence. And guess what? Because you're in his presence, I won't live with a hung down head and a heavy heart. I won't live with a frown on my face because when I'm conscious that I'm in the presence of the Lord, it brings me fullness of joy and pleasures for evermore. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Glory to God. You know, this is a great year that God has given us. This is the year the Lord has made. And according to God's purpose, his plan, his will for all of our lives, this year portends great things in the Lord. You ought to hope for great things, expect great things. This is your year. You ought to go ahead and claim it. This is your year. This is your time. This is your season. Glory to God. Because all that's, all that's left right now is now. That's all God has given us now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. So if you haven't made your peace with God, this is your year. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Confess him with your mouth. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. That's all you have to do. Believe that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose the third day according to scripture for you. And believe that he did that, God had you in mind when he hung on the cross, had you in mind, was laid in the tomb, had you in mind, was raised from the dead. God had you in mind when he ascended back to heaven. And now we've been raised up together with him and we have been made to sit 
in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Those heavenly places are living in the presence of the Lord. So remember, as I always remind you, beloved, love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And remember, faith worketh by love. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith worketh by love. Walk in love and have faith in God. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.